0: Hello Now Playing listeners, this is Arnie. I want to start by just thanking you for listening to Now Playing. And this year, we decided to try something new for our crowdfunding through Podbean, where you're able to support our show, and we're able to provide bonus podcasts. We've recently hit a milestone where we're going to be doing one of these every single month for patrons. That's 12 bonus shows a year only patrons can get. And the most recent one of these came out today. It's a review of Get Out, the surprise hit horror film from earlier this year. I'd like to just play the beginning of it for you, right now.
1: Look, what I'm about to tell you gonna sound crazy. You ready? Fine, try me. I believe they've been abducting black people, brainwashing them, and making them slaves, or sex slaves, not just regular slaves, but sex slaves and shit. See, I don't know if it's the hypnosis that's making them slaves or whatnot. All I know is they already got two brothers we know and it could be a whole bunch of brothers they got already Welcome to now playing's bonus movie review of get out
2: You'll be able to see and hear but your
1: existence will be as a passenger an audience Hosted by Arnie.
0: You were one of my favorites.
1: Stuart. I am an admirer of your work. And Jacob. We're thrilled to have you
2: up here for the, for yeah. the get-together.
1: This podcast will contain detailed plot spoilers and harsh language.
2: You could give a shit, right?
1: Okay. Just let, let me just tell you what it is. Listener discretion
2: is advised. Because begins. Are you ready for this?
0: Mm-hmm. Record. Speaker. Unmute. Today we're discussing Get Out, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, Caleb Landry Jones, Stephen Root, Lakeith Stanfield, and Katherine Keener, directed by Jordan Peele. This is the now-playing co-host who, if I could, I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Arnie, I mean, did you see those options? <laughs> And this is Stuart.
1: This is Jacob with NP motherfucking P. I podcast shit. That's what I do.
0: (laughs) And this shit's been podcasted. And this shit's being podcasted to you guys, our patrons. Welcome back once again Thank you so much for your patronage of our show. I don't know that I can express how quickly the three of us would have to get out of podcasting if it wasn't for people like you supporting this show. So thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you for supporting us because I don't know if we get to review this movie otherwise. And after I saw it, I really wanted to talk about it.
2: I think everyone does. I definitely feel like it starts a conversation. And it was Huge! Do you guys realize this is one of the top five biggest horror movies of all time?
1: Yeah, it broke a record previously held by Blair Witch.
2: Yeah, well, as an original concept, but I mean anything. I mean, the only thing ahead of it is Jaws, Exorcist, World War Z, if you count that. What?
1: How'd that get up there?
2: Uh, Yeah, but this is up there in the upper echelon. I don't think that Universal and Blumhouse were expecting it to be this big, but uh, it came at an interesting time in American history, and it came bringing a whole lot of goods, including the talent of Jordan Peele, who is a comedian I know
0: mostly from his TV show. Yeah, so I have to just ask, why are we reviewing this now? If it made that much money, when's Get Out 2 and 3 and 7 coming out? Why didn't we wait for the sequel?
1: 2019, Jordan said his next film's coming out. It's not a sequel, though.
0: I imagine we might
2: get a follow-up, but I'm not sure it will be a direct sequel to what we're seeing. And more to the point, you guys are patrons, and I know people have asked us to do this, and so this is the way that we could do this.
1: And Stuart, I agree. I was a big fan of Key and Peele. I really enjoyed that show on Comedy Central. I disagree with Dave Chappelle that they're ripping off his show. (laughs) They did their own thing and I really enjoyed it. And you know, when they got together to do Keanu, not a great comedy, but it was entertaining. I'd like to see them together in that.
0: And I don't really know these guys very much. I've seen a little bit of their TV show from time to time. I've seen them mostly on other shows where they've appeared together and done some stuff in sitcoms. And I think they did some Inside Amy Schumer stuff I saw. I have not seen Keanu, but I'm very aware of who they were, and so that's kind of why I wasn't too interested in Get Out. You take this sketch comedian; he's making a horror movie. I'm a bit of a horror snob. I was scared this was going to be like Scary Movie or something. Honestly.
2: Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I like horror movies when they're charged with political ideas, when they have something to say about the time that they're made, the social ills. They're tapping into things that matter, horrifying real life events taken on a surreal, supernatural level. Don't tell me that the women's movement, abortion, and all that late 60s, early 70s talk about women's bodies didn't inform Rosemary's Baby, It's Alive, The Omen, The Exorcist... I think that movies come out at the right time, and yeah, this happens to be a movie about race at a time when that is a huge subject of discussion.
1: And I remember the trailer for this coming out, and that really got people talking, just from that trailer, because you watch that trailer, and you know it's about race. And yeah, that's when BLM and all the stuff with cops were going on. It touched upon, I guess, just the right time. And yeah, with horror, I'm the one that's the least horror fan, but I've really seen this resurgence. I don't know to call it art horror or what, but The Witch... Or It Follows, Get Out, I would throw in there. Even The Neon Demon, which I don't know if I like that movie, but I can't stop thinking about it. Like, where they've really taken these horror concepts and just gone very high level, very artistic with them and trying to touch upon what's going on now.
0: Yeah, I saw the trailer for this. It still didn't get me interested. What made me want to see this movie was the buzz around it. Everything I read about it. But I found that I was reading a lot more about race relations than horror. And so I didn't know, is this a movie that's going to exist? because it's discussing race? Is that why it's popular? I didn't realize the box office till Stuart told me just now. Or is it actually a good horror movie? But despite actually making plans a couple of times to see this, people kept backing out. And then we decided we were going to do it as a patron. So I intentionally didn't see this when it was released on home video, saving it so that I could be a complete newbie for this review.
2: Yeah, I think that when you're looking specifically at African-Americans
0: making horror films,
2: we've touched on that before. Night of the Living Dead, I think, stumbled upon it accidentally by casting their lead as a black man. It ended up taking on a whole lot of metaphorical ideas that maybe weren't even intended by Romero, but it informed that movie. But most of the time, I hate to say it, but it really is played like camp. I mean, dare I bring up the two Leprechaun films where he went to the hood or Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest. I don't even think Blade and Vamp count because they're black actors. Incidentally, I don't think that it's about being black in a horror situation in those movies. So, uh, sadly, the subject is tended to be treated as camp. It's B-movie stuff. And you get uh, Tales from the Hood every now and then, a Death by Temptation. The ideas are serious, but the presentation is not. And that's what I feared Get Out would be. I was happily surprised when I went to the movie theater. I went with two women, one that was very much about promoting Afrocentric ideas, and one that didn't like horror movies, but felt, as a black woman, she should see the film.
1: And I'm with you somewhat, Arnie. When this came out, I heard great things, and I, I did wonder, this conversation, is it such a hit because it's falling on the right time, even though it might be campy in that, or is it legitimately just a good movie? This thing was out in theaters for a while, because it ended up being such a big hit. I think I saw it like a month after it came out, and you Usually movies are gone by them, but yeah, I did go see this one in theaters.
0: And to your point, Stuart, there's that trope that we've discussed so many times, when you even have black people in horror films, they're the ones who die first. Something Scream 2 pointed out so clearly, and I think Scream 2 really did open my eyes to that fact, but... I don't know of a lot of black horror movie makers. You know, you did mention Tales from the Hood, which is actually good horror. You're right. The presentation isn't the most serious, but I was surprised how much I liked that one. But by and large, it does seem like if I'm thinking about... African American made horror films, I am sadly thinking of the scary movie franchise from the Wayans.
2: Yeah, Ganja and Hess is sort of a classic. I'll put air quotes around that. I don't know a lot of people would like it. It's very arty and low budget, but it certainly dealt with a lot of ideas about race and slavery in a vampire scenario. It was recently remade by Spike Lee, as I'm going to try to say it. The Sweet Blood of Jesus? Not a very good adaptation, but had a few memorable scenes. By and large, though, I feel like African-Americans, if they end up directing horror, it's a studio project. They're doing it because this is a way to further the career. It's not necessarily a way of talking about what they're most passionate about. And so that's why this is so interesting. Jordan Peele, every now and then, would slip into his show little segues that were weird and horrific. I remember one episode having a whole lot to do with The Shining. And it wasn't laugh out loud funny. It was kind of
1: His favorite horror movie. That's why we'll get a shining reference in this one.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like Kubrick looms large here, but he's a student of it. I can tell. Watching this movie, without a doubt, this man has paid attention to Kubrick. He's paid attention to Roman Polanski and, and listened to the commentary on the Blu ray. It's a litany of him celebrating what has been done in the past. He loves this genre and he wanted to use this genre to talk about race in America today. Well, take that back. He wrote this in the Obama era. He wrote this where what he calls a different era in race relations. And I definitely feel like it takes on certain concerns that may or may not be relevant now that we're living in the Trump era. Or I would
0: say anything is more relevant living in the Trump era. The one thing I will say going into this, just to kind of level set, I like horror films, but primarily more slashery type horror films. You mentioned Rosemary's Baby. I don't like Rosemary's Baby, by and large, I find it to be inordinately dull and in a film that does not work outside of its time period. And the more I see horror films of that ilk, I'm not a fan of them. I don't like the slow, moody. Goddamn, the worst one I've seen recently is that Lords of Salem that Rob Zombie did. I find that to be indicative of all of that type of horror.
1: Yeah, I will say the first two thirds of this is more of a thriller and then it kind of goes horror at the end. But I do like that kind of horror where it's just that atmosphere is uncomfortable and there's lots of tension and this is full of that.
2: I do think the film benefited by not being gore heavy. It kind of goes crazy right at the end. But by and large, this is a movie you can watch with just about anyone. I ended up re-watching it with my mother who doesn't like horror movies at all and like I said, the people that I went to the movie theater with, one of them did not like horror movies. She liked comedy and the fact that Peel comes from that world as well, I think that was the draw and this movie walks that fine line. It really is a Horror comedy. By and large, I haven't felt like that is a
0: hybrid genre that's worked too well in the movies. I think it's definitely had its high points. Once again, I'll bring up Scream and I'll bring up most of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. You need to sometimes cut the tension. I hear so many horror directors that I've read interviews with or listened to commentaries on. You build the suspense, and the audience eventually needs a release. The best release you can give them is laughter. So, all the best horror movies have comedy. I do did definitely find this one very funny, and intentionally so, but that didn't make it not spooky. It was spooky in a funny way at times. I think if
1: you're going into this thinking like Cabin in the Woods, I don't think it's that kind of comedy. There's definitely those moments where it cuts the tension. I think there's one character that all that comedy primarily relies on.
2: I think it's not campy, per se. I mean, it plays with that here and there with cliches of the genre, but by and large, I was surprised at how under my skin it got, that it really is about tension and nerves and Polanski's slow build dread. So, yeah, I'm curious, Arnie, knowing that you have that bias, how you're going to take all of this. Why don't you give them the plot? We'll get into the movie and see how it all works out.
0: If you'd like to hear this entire review, plus the other seven patron-only reviews released thus far, The Warriors, Hook, Coherence, Monster Trucks, Galaxy Quest, Atomic Blonde, The Legend of Hell House. And next month, our ninth show, Lego Batman. You can find all of these by going to our donate page, by clicking the banner at the top of nowplayingpodcast.com and then reading the information about how to become a patron and get these shows, plus our other fall 2017 donation drive shows. Patrons of $10 or more Get our Phantasm level reviews. Patrons of $25 or more get Phantasm and Hellraiser reviews. Patrons of $50 or more get Hellraiser, Phantasm, Child's Play, and Jeepers Creepers reviews, in addition to all of those bonus reviews I just listed that are only for patrons. Our show has been going for over 10 years now. It's unbelievable to All of us, that the show still goes as strong as it does, and that you guys listen and interact and give us feedback as much as you do. More, Now Playing is a show that's never had any sponsors or any ads. We started off just as a private production, very small time without very many listeners, and in 2010, as expenses started to increase, we decided to try to crowdfund and did our first donation drive, And we told you then that it was donations from listeners like yourself that allowed us to stay on the air and to keep podcasting. And that is completely the truth. And it's as true today as it was in 2010. Thanks to donors, we've been able to increase our output exponentially and get more graphic artists and better website design and some editors on board to help us out. And because of that... We went from releasing, on average, 15 shows a year to now releasing about 80 shows per year. And the length of the shows has increased dramatically. So I hope you check out our Patreon page or our Fall Donation Drive. But no matter what, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Totally Free Tuesday with our review of Death Wish 3. We'll talk to you then.